head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. My name is Sean Sheehan and we're back with yet another episode of the Severe MMA podcast. And with me, like every week, is the Jim Carnett of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we uncap a madcap week of MMA but not really because there was no events ne- last week and no events next week so we're just going to shine on for about an hour here about stuff it's going to be a little bit different of a podcast this week we myself and Graham have this little whatsapp group that we put topics into so we're just going to go through that maybe spend five seven ten minutes just spending on how we get on and all the topics and that and have a bit of chat about them and we've a pile of questions so we'll get to all your questions at the end uh and that uh you'll see two to three is coming up in two weeks time so we'll talk about that next week but we, we might have a few questions on that so we, we'll get into that at the time uh if you're listening to this as well you're not signed up to our patreon yet please go over there patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast we've a big interview with artem labov just posted at, at the weekend uh, over there so five uh dollars a month is all it costs and we've loads of other stuff over there as well i have a few more rewatches and stuff to to put up this week over there so i won't bore you with that anymore go over there patreon.com forward slash severe man podcast scram how are things how was your weekend yeah good weekend yeah it's good to, to have a bit of decent weather uh it's not snowing or anything so we're finally out of the winter i think fingers crossed anyway yeah boy i'm, I'm kind of sick as you know there so i fucking i can't enjoy it really but still hopefully hopefully it keeps on i'm looking out here now there's blue skies just the sun is splitting the rocks to win them wicker or something like that and all that's something on the pig's back but yeah Anyway, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it's supposed to come back to our next week. We're talking about the weather here. That's that's what happens to us when there's no UFC. We end up talking about the fucking weather on the podcast. But it's, it's supposed to be snowing again next weekend. So, you know, hopefully. Jesus. Hopefully. Nobody's wearing off pretty quickly. It does, yeah. It does, in fairness. Yeah. But, uh, all right, sure, I suppose we, we may as well get into it. There's no soccer, actually, either this weekend for us to shout out about. Jesus, it was fucking terrible. Well, Ireland lost to Turkey, but uh, we won't talk about that. Who cares? We were interviewing Artem, actually, at the time that was on, weren't we? So we missed, we missed most of it. So, happily enough, uh, we missed that. <laughs> all right, let's let's look into this WhatsApp group and see what we have first. Right, the first thing we have, well, the last thing we had, actually, is Cage Warriors. So let's look back at last night's... Uh, Cage Warriors, this Super Saturday card here on a stupendous Sunday, we're talking about it. Um, what, what was your, before we get into the actual fights uh, itself, what was your uh, take on the, the, the Cage Warriors card? It was pre- like Going into it, I suppose it was a pretty good card uh, on paper, and it turned out to be a pretty good card as well, but uh, mostly finishes throughout the night. Yeah, I thought it was a really good card uh, on paper and in practice. Uh, it was uh, it was up and down for the for the Irish. It was kind of disappointing what happened with Carl Moore, but uh, there was it started off really well with Darren O'Gorman. Uh, there seems to be a lot of last second in the round uh, finishes going these days, and uh, one happened in the second fight again. So it started off really well, and maybe in the middle it kind of slowed down a bit. But then and the, the main cards were also really really good. So uh, all around really good card. Yeah, you, did you see that Darren O'Gorman fight? I I didn't catch yeah. it all, but I saw the end of it. Good, good finish by him. How was his performance overall? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a good, it was a good fight. Your man was game, but uh, O'Gorman got him in a, a, a it was an inverted triangle or reverse triangle, mm-hmm. and uh, your man had to tap with his feet because uh, O'Gorman had his uh, had his arms and, and hands tied up. So uh, 
uh, must have been pretty tight if he tapped it one second to go in the round as well. So uh, fair play to O'Gorman. It was important for him to get a win there. He, he's been fighting really tough guys, uh, as we mentioned last week. And uh, uh, it was a big win for him um, because, you know, it, if, if, if you lose that one, then your record your record is uh, five and four, but when you win it, it's six and three. Six and three sounds a lot better. Like five and four kind of sounds like a 50-50 record. Six and three is like you reel off a couple of wins. You're you're eight and three, and you're like other big promotions are looking at you. So I think that was a that was an important win for him, especially coming off that uh, that loss against Brian Buland, who's who seems to be very good. He's he's looking he seems to be looking at a title shot next. So uh, so yeah, important win for for Darren Gorman and a really nice finish. Yeah, what about, uh, I suppose we'll just get straight into Carl Moore while we're on the Irish guys. It's disappointing, Alvig. Carl Moore knocked out in 15 seconds, gone up. He's the, the light heavyweight champion, gone up fighting in heavyweight. My, my take on this, I suppose, before I get yours, is just it, it, this was very unlucky because I see people afterwards saying, oh, why didn't he put his hands up? But there was one, I wouldn't call it really a mistake, but it was just very unfortunate. Obviously, the fight over in 15 seconds, how much analysis can you do? But Carmore went forward, going at him at the start, landed a, a couple of nice shots, looked look good, and then Sorelli started to, to bomb forward, and he was pushing Carmore up against the fence, and there was kind of a little bit of a break, like maybe like, you know, a meter between them as Carmore got pushed up against the fence. So Moore kind of put his hands down to, to, you know, to get the underhooks because he thought Sorelli was going for the takedown. As I mentioned last week, we were talking about him. I watched a couple of his old fights, and a lot of his things are takedowns, ground upon. So I, I presume Carl Moore was was expecting that, and the way he was coming in, you were kind of right to be expecting it. So he was putting his hands down to get the underhooks to try to lift him up to get him away from the takedown, and Sorelli decided not to go for the takedown and go for the head instead. And obviously Moore had his hands down, he looking to stop the takedown, and he caught him above and look. To be honest, from there the fight uh, the fight was over. He threw a couple of knees up through the middle, but Carmore was already stunned, and he was basically a sitting duck for that last right hook that knocked him out cold. Uh, and you know, it, I, I really think it was it was the first strike that did did all of the damage when you get hit hard like that by a big heavyweight. You know, it, it's not easy. I look, obviously, very unfortunate. For Fifteen seconds, but credit to Mauro Sorelli did unbelievably well. He came into this fight as the underdog. I even think that, like the commentators and stuff was and stuff were shocked. So, fair, look, fair play to him. You know, someone coming in, you expect him to be a grappler, and you go acting like you're going to grapple, and then come up and come with a big right hand and catch him. That, that's yeah, I think you're right. I, I think Sorelli was talking before the fight that his ground game and that his rest, his wrestling and jiu-jitsu was better than Carmore's. So I think, I think yeah, Carmore did get caught with a, with a with a decent shot before that. And he, I think you're right when he he was digging underhooks and uh, uh, Sorelli was moving pretty fast. He came in for the kill early, like you know, you got to give credit to him. Um, he, he he looked very fast in that opening in the opening uh, combination for for a heavyweight like big guys usually don't usually don't kind of <clears throat> don't charge you and flurry like that so uh, I think it caught caught uh, Carl more unawares and it, it was it was a it was a unfortunate way to to lose but as you say it was kind of it was. <laughs> You have to give credit to Cerilli, but you kind of have to feel sorry for Carl Moore as well. Well, I feel sorry for Carl Moore as well because, uh, as you say, I think I think it was uh, it was a big moment for him. He was a big favorite. It was it was his chance to get the second belt and maybe end up on the, the Liverpool or on the Liverpool card or trying to the UFC in general. So maybe there was a bit of extra pressure on him there, and 
but it didn't seem that way. As you said, he landed a couple of a couple of good strikes himself in the very at the very start. But Sorelli uh, just put the pressure on him, backed him up against the cage, and uh, Carl thought he, as you said, it seemed like Carl thought he was going for a takedown. He wasn't, and he got hit with that big overhand right, and that was it. That was game over. Fifteen seconds. So it's hard to take too much in fifteen seconds, but uh, it's a tough one to take for Carl. I'd say. Yeah, and like if this had just happened in in any normal fight, I suppose you know you'd be devastated, obviously, but. You know, you could, I suppose, you could kind of tell yourself why it happened. We we discussed it there, why it happened. But as you mentioned, like this was the big fight for him. We we you know we kind of build up cage wars, we're building it up. Everyone was building it up. You know, this was going to be his crowning. You know, he's going to be the first one since McGregor to keep the two belts. Going to get on the UFC card. You know, we're talking about Dublin. We we when when uh, the UFC was supposed to be coming to Dublin a couple of weeks ago, we were saying Carl Moore was probably the most certain of the Irish guys to be on it if he could get a win here and. You know, obviously the Dublin guy is not happening now, and 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 he ended up losing, so that kind of goes out the window for another while. But you know, I think he, he, anyone can see his quality is still there. You know, we 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 said after a lot, of, it was the same with Paddy Pimm did a while back. You know, Paddy Pimm did a couple of bad uh, outings, but we still know his qualities there. Still young, still good, like Carl Moore for a heavyweight, light heavyweight, still very young, and he's still kind of maturing into a heavyweight and, and a light heavyweight as well. Just put on a lot of size, as we talked about last week, fighting the middleweight. But where do you think he goes from here? No, Graham Byland said beforehand, before the fight even happened, if if he ended up losing, he got back fight at light heavyweight again there's just going to be plenty of fights for him there but he's obviously still the light heavyweight champion and a few a few wins i suppose like a little bit like paddy pimbler i suppose and this kind of will be forgotten maybe or he can come back from it yeah he's still eight and two now so a couple couple quick wins if he can if he can get them at light heavyweight or heavyweight and he could be back in with another title shot in cage wires or could be going on to the ufc there, there isn't that much uh talent at light heavyweight and heavyweight in uh the uk and ireland and then uh and in Europe, so uh, if if the UFC were looking to add uh, add some add a, a big guy to a EMEA card, a European or an Asian card, then I think Carl Moore a uh, couple wins time would we'll back in the reckoning. But it definitely sets him back, and he'll he'll have to get another couple of wins. I think before the UFC will look at him again. Yeah, I know he's he was training at you at SPG there for a bit of his last camp. I'm not sure if he's full time at SPG now or not, but he was over and I think he's in Amsterdam and as well and stuff. But I've always kind of thought about that Chris Fields fight. Chris Fields against Karen Moore. I know Chris Fields is kind of he's been with Bama and then he's who's he? he's with someone else as well at the moment, didn't he? Who KSW. KSW, yeah. So maybe that that isn't realistic, but I would, you know, and, and with them being an SPG as well. But I think it's you know it's hard to come by that many light heavyweights around the place when there's two really good ones like that. Is man, you know, I think matching them up mightn't be the you know the worst idea in the world. But I suppose uh, I suppose that's a chat for another day. But is there anyone kind of around that you you think of that? I know it'll take a long time, I suppose, to, to you know to come recover from this, and he shouldn't come rushing him back or anything. But you know, is there anyone around you think he could be a matchup, or what do you think of the Chris Fields fight? Yeah, the, uh, I'm usually don't want Irish guys to fight if possible, especially guys who who are kind of um, somebody up, up, up and coming like Carl. I don't think there's any need to to fight somebody like like Chris. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure what the situation is. I'm, I think he was just there in SBG for some sparring with some with some bigger guys. But I'm not sure about that. I, I think he's still with Fight Academy Ireland. But uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. It's very hard to get any information about Carl Moore. He's a very elusive man. He's hard to get uh, interviews with. He's hard to he's hard to track down. Um, I don't know. I um, I don't know what his plan is. Like obviously, it's going to be uh, a couple of weeks before he gets gets over this. At least so you'd think it was a it was a big moment as we were saying for him. He was. It's kind of on the verge of of big things, but 
everything as you say everything gets forgotten and uh with a couple of a couple of nice wins and nobody would be talking about that anymore so uh he's just got to get back to the drawing board get back to training and go out there and read off a couple of wins and he'll be back in a similar situation that, that he was before yeah 100 yeah i suppose moving on to, to the rest of the car we'll get we'll get to nathaniel wood in a second but there was a flyweight uh title fight on this as well nathan grayson came in and, and tko'd sam creasy in the tour creasy had dominated the fight up yeah. until that point i was you know it was basically body lock takedown ground and pound repeat over and over and then grayson got on top at one stage and just tko'd him with maybe the, the first or second opportunity he got in the fight not a great fight up until then but Grayson, you know, he showed, he talked about it afterwards, how he's always dangerous. And, you know, again, a guy like that who's really dangerous, only needs one opportunity. It was a, it was a pretty good win for him, wasn't it, against a good guy like Creasy? Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a good come from behind win. Like, uh, it was uh, it was a tough, it was looking like it was going to be a tough night for him, but he, he hung tough and, he, like, it showed a bit of, uh, like, he can overcome a bit of adversity, um, which is a great sign. He, he's, well, he's only six, and he's, that moved him to six and two, so he's, he's still young in his career, and Creasy's a good fighter. He'd only lost once in, in ten fights before that, so that was, that was a huge win for him, and obviously to have that cage where his belt uh, puts a bit of spotlight on you, get, gets people talking about you a bit, so, uh, yeah, fair play to him. That was, uh, that was a great coming behind win. Yeah, and Jack Shore as well had a, a, a pretty—I wouldn't say it was his best performance, but a good performance against Von Lee, uh, obviously UFC veteran who actually didn't look uh, didn't look too bad in this fight. It was a, it was a good back and forth fight, but uh, Shore definitely won won the unanimous decision. Definitely deserved uh, to win. You know, one judge gave a 29-28. You know, definitely won two or three of those rounds anyway. Um, but yeah, a lot of hype around Jack Shore. What do you think of it? I, I definitely think he's. You know he's one of the the best guys there in Cage Warriors and one of the top uh, top European guys in the scene. Yeah, as we mentioned, he fought double digit amateur fights and didn't lose, and then he turned pro and he's he's what eight now now is he? So uh, that's um, like Von Lee has fought fought for years. He he's got like thirty fights or twenty eight fights. He's a crafty veteran. Um, it's it's good to spend uh, spend uh, what uh, fifteen minutes in there with him and kind of okay knockouts are great and they look good in the highlight reel but that will stand to him in the future against a, a guy who's who's well-rounded like Von Lee who doesn't there's no easy out like you can't just take this guy down and you can you can win easily you can't just start, avoid the takedown and win easily you have to you have to beat him everywhere and it was a good experience and a good performance from Jack Shore I think yeah and what about Nathaniel Wood obviously in the main event against yeah, Luke Iveen absolutely devastating 50 seconds you know we, we wanted kind of a long card here because we there wasn't many um <laughs> there wasn't, wasn't much to talk about this week and uh, the two big fights lasted a, a total of one minute and five seconds nathaniel wood again like i can't get over how much he has improved i remember talking about him before that philpa fight and kind of you know he was kind of an unknown at that stage to us anyway maybe a lot of people in, in england and stuff would have known him but i was looking at his strikers like this that is really really good but obviously, you know, Philpott, at, at that stage of his career, Nathaniel Wood was maybe, you know, not experienced he was today. And Philpott did a great job. Actually, that's a, a rematch. Maybe I wouldn't mind mind seeing again. But, you know, Philpott was just a little bit too experienced for him and, and was better in that fight. But, uh, you know, you could see it in Wood. And the, the amount he's improved since then is absolutely phenomenal. He came out here and just knocked Luca out cold with a left hand. I, what I was most impressed with was how he just keeps throwing those combinations and it's something watching fights and you hear a lot of analysts and stuff talking about there they get frustrated by not the inability to throw combinations but the maybe people aren't aren't confident enough in their hands or 
you know, maybe a little bit too defensive, and you have to be defensive, I suppose, because it, you know it's a rough game. But Nathaniel Wood came out here, was moving his head, moving his feet, throwing those combinations. And he caught him what, 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 maybe the fourth punch in the combination he threw, caught him right on the nose, kind of Chad Mendes, uh, Frank Yeager style with the the left hook knockout. Just a phenomenal display again by the by the bantamweight champion. How impressed are you with Nathaniel Wood? Yeah, he, like even in as you mentioned, even in the Philpot fight that he lost, uh, it was a th- I think he lost at the end of the third round. But it was he was I, he impressed me in that fight because I, I'd heard of him, but I, I I hadn't hadn't seen him in the flesh up until then. When you see somebody in the flesh, you, as you say, you can see wow, the striking looks good, and we all know how uh, how good and how difficult to fight uh, Alan Philpot is. So uh, and he, and since then he's been improving massively. Like if you look at him, then you you look at him in the the Vaughn Lee fight. He he looked he looked or he I think he fought somebody in between, but he fought Vaughn Lee and looked much better. And then he fought uh, Kovacic and then Josh Josh Reed. Obviously that was a ridiculous fight where he nearly lost and he came back and won in one of the best rounds of, of recent years. And then in, in this one, like I, I didn't even see that punch land. It was mm-hmm. uh, the first time I was like, what dropped him? And then you see it again, and it's like, oh okay. Yeah, to see what happened. It was it was not really quick combo, as you said, and he, he just he just looks to looks to be getting better and better each fight. So that's that's uh, that's important. Like you, 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 a lot of fighters get to a certain level and plateau, but he's twenty four and he's improving all the time. So I, I I don't see him stopping anytime soon at, at that age and how young he is in the game. Yeah, hundred percent. And we maybe we get to what the future holds for him at the questions. We've a lot of questions about him. People were so impressed with him last night, but it was. It was kind of a mad few minutes of combat sports. I don't know. I, I don't know if you were watching live at the time, but I was watching the the uh, Dillian White uh, Lucas Brown boxing fight was on Sky Sports just before, it literally ended as uh, Nathaniel Wood was walking into the cage, and that was a huge, devastating knockout. And then, literally, like three minutes later, this Nathaniel Wood one was. It was just. It was kind of a crescendo of kind of a mad night. I, if anyone was following along with Grabaka Hitman, there was loads of mad stuff going on all over the place in you know in the, the kind of um, the regional MMA that was going on. There was lots of suplexes and knockouts and stuff. So it was a, it was a mad enough day without the, the UFC and stuff. But but uh, as I said, we get get to what the future holds for Nathaniel Wood in uh, in the questions. But I wanted to say one thing about this Cage Warriors Super Saturday thing and. I like I like Cage Warriors for trying something. You know, we always say about the to, to promotions try things, try to be different, and, and it's good. But I'm not sure that the two main card things work because you can say they're two main cards, but in re you know in reality they're not. Like you know, it's this is early prelims, prelims, and a main card because and it's it's that because and I'm not saying because of the quality of the fight because that Grayson Creasy fight obviously Creasy was a top class wrestler and Grayson got a great finish. The Carol Moore fight you know that was up there probably the with Nathaniel Wood for the, the the second best uh fight on paper in the card with Jack Shore as well I suppose. But when you kind of split them up. You know, Karen Moore wasn't on BT Sport, and Nathaniel Wood was, and maybe people were tuning in, and oh, I'm tuning in to see this guy getting the second belt, and you're you're tuning in and goes, oh, that fight happened like three hours ago. What, what's the crack with that? And that I think that for for just the fans tuning in, the casual fans, a lot of people. I had three or four people tweeting me or tweeting the podcast or whatever, saying, oh, I missed the Karen Moore fighter. You know, after I had tweeted, it, a couple of people had said it to me, wow, you know. How was this on? The, the main card isn't even starting until nine o'clock, and this is over by like quarter past eight or whatever it was. And I think, I think it needs tweaking a little bit. You know, if you have two big fights like this, put it on it. You could easily, easily have headlined the first main card. We'll say with the Creasy Grayson fight, 
And, you know, maybe it's a special situation this time and it didn't really work as well this time because you had Carl Moore in that big fight and maybe because, you know, obviously we're Irish and stuff as well and, and that was a fight we were looking forward to and the, the listeners of this probably most looking forward to. It was a bit weird as well, but I, I think it needs a little bit, a little bit of tweaking, even if they could get the, you know, the two cards on BT Sports, something that would make it a lot better. But oh, what, are you, what are your opinion of this two main cards thing? Is it, you know, is it just like... Yeah, I don't know. Is it semantics like, or what's the crack with it? Yeah, I don't think the problem is the 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 two main cards. I think the problem is it wasn't on BT or yeah. it wasn't on the same channel. If it was on the same channel, I think it would would have worked great. But uh, just got to get that sorted. I suppose a lot, a lot of people who be watching Cage Warriors probably would have Fight Pass or or know how to, how to use the internet to find MMA streams. So they probably a lot of people did catch it, but uh, yeah, I definitely had a few people, as you were saying, uh, messaging me when when we tweeted about Carl's walking out or Carl, the result of Carl's fight. They were like, "Oh, what channel or how do I watch it?" Or oh, I can't believe I missed it or whatever. But um, yeah, I think as long as if they can just get it on both main cards on TV, uh, obviously BT Sport maybe don't want to maybe don't want to give them whatever five five hours of programming on a on a Friday or a Saturday night. Maybe that's the problem, but. Um, Mm, yeah it's a tough one uh it does kind of add a bit of difference like you know if it's just like cage warriors 92 or like it just seems like another cage warriors to people but maybe to casual fans that they hear oh super saturday two main cards it might give them a bit more interest in, in watching the cards yeah yeah 100 uh all right i suppose we can move on let's look at this whatsapp group the next thing i have it here is paddy pimblet shunning the ufc i suppose was the thing last monday and uh, go on then and he re-ups with the ufc so uh, paddy pimblet went on the mma or monday warriors, I mean. or, yeah. it's cage warrior sorry he went on he went on the mma or monday and was it was kind of weird i was talking to pt about it actually if you're on patreon you can see that i was talking to pt and we were kind of wondering well, what's going on with paddy pimblet it was very odd saying that he's no interest in me and, and obviously paddy pimblet knew at the time that he was going to sign the kid with cage warriors and that obviously came out last night. John John King over our new Severe MMA reporter reported that over the um during the, the Cage Warriors the last night as well. well we kind of discussed this before that maybe Sandwich Cage Warriors wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Paddy Pimblet and kind of maybe he's taking a step back from this. Maybe if the UFC weren't coming to Liverpool later on in the year, we'd be saying this is a good idea for Paddy Pimblet needs three or four more, maybe not three or four more fights, but a couple more fights anyway with Cage Warriors before he goes to the UFC to get maybe a little bit more schooling at, at you know, European level before he goes on, not to world level, but to UFC level and then rank level and then world level. You know, there's stages as well to this and Paddy Pimblet is still young and I think maybe this is a, maybe a wise decision for Paddy Pimblet. What do you think? Yeah, I think we said it a couple of weeks ago. I think there's no rush for him to get into the UFC. Um, and I think he's part, he, he's kind of hinted or maybe even said on the MMA that he's getting paid more in cage wires and he won on his on a typical entry level um, UFC contract. I, I think he'd get more than just a ten and ten or a twelve and twelve, but he'd probably make it more in in cage wires with with ticket sales and and his wages or his uh, show money and win money as well. Um. The Liverpool show coming, obviously, you, you would think that the first time they come to Liverpool, Paddy would want to be there on the card. And it's, I'd say he probably does, um, ideally, if, if it came at the right time. But I don't think he should he, he should change all... If he was planning on not signing for the UFC for another couple of fights, I don't think he should change his whole plan just because the UFC is coming to Liverpool. I think if he, if he, if he, if he feels to himself that, like, oh, uh, I, need to, I need to improve before I get to the UFC, I need to... I need to be more experienced, or I, I want to just test myself a bit more. 
and improve on, on certain things before I go there, then I don't, I don't, I don't think you should just scrap all that because the UFC is coming to, down the road. So if that was the plan all along, then I think it's good to stick to the plan. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. It's you know, there's no hurry. We we saw we've seen lots of guys do this. You know, we we always talk about McGregor and the way he got a huge schooling in Europe, and even you know guys like Tom Dukumar. And I know Dukumar hasn't started that well in the UFC, but he's still you know he's ground out a couple of fights where maybe guys with maybe a little bit less of experience wouldn't have won him. And I know he's lost uh, one as well, but I think that experience kind of is invaluable and. You know, we were talking to Artem Lava, uh, you know, on Patreon about it and uh, about kind of padding records and stuff. And he was kind of making the point as well, you know, if you're good enough, you'll, you'll get there. And I think if Paddy Pimblett is good enough and, uh, you know, he, he definitely has the 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 prospects of being good enough if he can keep improving and keep uh, keep on the right track he can beat these guys and he can get to the UFC and he can beat guys in the UFC. And he, you know, two fights ago he lost and, you know, the fight before that, he probably should have lost as well. A lot of people, including myself, thought he lost that fight. He barely got through with the decision. So, you know, no hurry for him. Get a bit, a little bit more schooling. Um, and and you know keep win a few fights and didn't get to the didn't get to the UFC and I'm sure you know this is kind of a golden age for Liverpool and Liverpool they'll be back to to to, uh, to Liverpool again with, with a card and Paddy kind of said as well that you know this is Darren Till's card and he's headlining this one and I don't know was that I don't know is jealousy the right word but he kind of wants to bring the card himself he wants to headline the card when it comes uh and you know maybe he said that because he knew he was re-signing with cage warriors and he knew he wasn't going to be on it or maybe he actually thinks that and the next time it comes he wants to be the one headlining it so you know all in all i suppose fair play to paddy pimblet um no harm re-signing with cage warriors and fair play to cage warriors as well you know that's a big a big signing for them and you know we thought coming into this weekend maybe you know karen moore was going to be gone and paddy pimblet was going to be gone but now it looks like you know paddy pimblet's obviously staying and karen moore unfortunately lost and he's going to be staying as well and he you know his next fight as well is going to be big for him as well when he goes back to light heavyweight so all in all for cage warriors you know not not a not a bad weekend overall Having said all that and having heard everything Paddy said, I still wouldn't be that surprised if he ended up on the on the, the UFC Liverpool card. If, really? they the, if they offered him the right money, if they offered him the right money in in co-main event, it definitely he definitely I, I I'd be sure I wouldn't be sure, but I I think that he'd consider it at least anyway. So, but it's only like it's only like seven eight weeks away now, and he's just signed yeah, yesterday. Yeah. It would have to happen soon, but yeah, it would have to happen quick. But uh, like, if, if they came in offering him fifty and fifty co-main event and his thing, do you think he turned that down? Like, no, but I don't think they're going to offer him that. Like, I, actually, there was a point I want to bring you. Like you said, coming in, they wouldn't offer him ten and ten or fifteen and fifteen or whatever. Do you, why? Like, I I think they probably would. The UFC don't really seem to care I about. These I, I think I think people like Duffy came in with more like on a higher contract than that, and other other people who have signed from as champions of like cage wires and bam and stuff have signed on slightly slightly higher than the the standard contract yeah i suppose but this is kind of a different time as well you know the the, the wme img or whatever they call now endeavor are in and endeavor. Mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm sure they don't want to be throwing away money like that to, to people and i wouldn't be throwing away money obviously patty pimlet deserves it and you know I, I think he deserves a lot of money if he was going to fight to the ufc but from their point of view 
maybe uh, if they were to offer him 50 on 50 i think assuming he wins and gets assuming he wins that and gets his win bonus that's 100 grand i think he brings more than 100 grand worth of attention and stuff to, to the to the events that they would put on with him so yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right i, I do and maybe, maybe that's why cage warriors can afford to give him uh, a lot of money as well because they know he'd be bring a big crowd to liverpool and put on a, 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 a sellout show there yeah, you get on radio and and online TV and stuff like that 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 and, and have features done on them that other fighters wouldn't that would bring attention to the card as well. So yeah, yeah he's big, he's big for cage warriors as well. So uh, they'd be delighted to get him pinned down again. Hundred percent. Right, let's move on. Next thing in this WhatsApp group, Frank Edgar Cub Swanson's being made official for April twenty. <laughs> what are what are they at? What oh, are they at? Well, Frankie needs to take <clears throat> Frankie needs to take more time off. Uh, after that KO, uh, obviously he's the first time he's been KO'd in his career. He's like, oh, I just got caught. I want to get back in there. I want to, I want to get that back. I, I don't like. It, 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 nobody likes losing, and especially being finished like that. And I'm sure Frankie wants to get back in as soon as possible and and fix that. But his coaches or his people around him should be saying, "Here, this is too quick. What is it? His medical suspension is up like a fucking couple of days before the fight. Like, this is this is absolutely disgraceful. Like this this fight should not be happening. It really really shouldn't. And I don't care if Frankie Edgar goes in there and wins in ten seconds. This fight still shouldn't be happening. You know." It's 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 way too soon. He's coming back way, way, way too soon. This is Bisping Gaslam, you know, all over again. And I know Frank Yeager's maybe at a different, well, he's, maybe he isn't at a different stage of his career, but he's, I don't think he's as kind of old as Bisping is or as, you know, on, on the, the down as Bisping is. Frankie was close enough to, to being in his prime, maybe, what, 18 months ago or something like that, still fighting for, close to fighting for titles. But it, it's nothing got to do with how good you are. It's... It's you, you know, your your chin, the human body. He got knocked out badly by Brian uh, by uh, Brian Ortega. You know, hit with hard elbows, knocked down, hit on the ground when he was almost already out. This and what even, is it? Even, seven, even eight if, weeks. Even if you look at guys who weren't put out cold, who were just TKO'd, or or, or even Bisbing, who was who was dropped with a big shot yeah. and then choked, or Chad Mendes, who was finished for the first time against Conor McGregor, came back quickly against Frankie Yeager, got hit with a with a decent shot, but nothing that would have no, that would have troubled him before, yeah. and he's just out cold, or he's just he got TKO'd. So, just the Bisbing Gasolum one as well, like. Okay, like Biz, Bisbing took some big shots there, but Bisbing's known for getting dropped in the first round and cu- having a really good chain and coming through it and and then ending up winning the fight or making it competitive. He he does that constantly over the years. But when he got hit with those shots by Gaslam so soon after being being dropped and rocked by by GSP, he just he just couldn't he couldn't recover. Yeah, look, I suppose I'm looking at it. It's not a bad if you're going to pick someone for him to fight at this. Oh, it's just we've already seen it recently yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah it was but, a dominant uh, performance by Frankie. It, it, well. It's it's a terrible matchmaking fight. Like nobody wants to see it. Now it, it could end up being fucking Manuel Blackovich being a great fight again, and we you know we <laughs> dopes again. But I'm I'm saying for, if you were to pick a fight for Frankie Edgar to come seven weeks after getting knocked out cold, it'd probably be Cub Swanson because he can just take him down and lay on him for three rounds like he did the last time again. He did it for well, it was DJ Frankie rounds. Nine, make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, but that's probably what will happen. Although Cub Cub if Cub is smart, he'll see this and he'll see Frank Edgar was knocked out not too long ago. I just have to he just has to get these hands, Braun Strowman style, across Frank Edgar and you know, it could be could be curtains for him. As you mentioned it there, like that Mendez Edgar fight was the first thing I thought of when this when this happens and in MMA kind of what goes around comes around, unfortunately, and I 
you know, I definitely bring pick Frank Edgar for this fight because I think he's wrestling can maybe take that away. But I would not, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Cobb caught him and and, uh, and knocked him out because because of you know he hasn't he just got knocked out and he hasn't had time to rest since that knockout. But I suppose another point is in a Cobb his last fight was his last fight in his UFC contract and I suppose I know you're not his biggest fan or anything but it's good to see Cub Swanson re-signing with the, with the UFC when they're short of name guys he, he's definitely a guy that can you know headline card, fight night cards and stuff uh, against uh, other good opponents and I know this is what's this to come, yeah. come in event but it's, it's good to see Cub signing back again it's not that no, I'm not a fan of Cub it's just that I think people over, have overrated him for years I, I just like people calling for him to get title shots over the years and stuff when he didn't deserve them and he just he just isn't at the top level in my opinion. He's just below there, and that like not everybody can be top level. But I, I like I, I like watching him fight and stuff. But it's just it's just the kind of the perception of him is is wrong. I think in a lot of a lot of MMA fans' minds, or the, his perception of his ability is 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 not as he's not as talented as people give him credit for. And over the years, I think people have always uh, have always been a bit too high on him for for what he's actually producing. So as Cub Swanson, you're Frank Edgar. Um, mm, I don't know. I, I, I just there's a lot of guys like that, like who are just just below the top, like uh, Donald Cerrone and people like that, who people rate as upper as top notch upper upper echelon guys, and they're just not. Yeah, upper echelon, nice. You got yeah, in there. Trying to get it in as many times as possible. <laughs> I didn't even know I was saying it before, and now I'm just trying to sneak it in. <laughs> get a get the drinking game going, lads. There every time he says upper echelon, get it in. Upper echelon, upper echelon, upper echelon. Uh, right. Next thing, Dana wants to promote Joshua. Right. This is the one we might be able to get into a bit. There, a report came out on the Daily Telegraph uh, the other day from Gareth A. Davis that Dana White and the UFC and Endeavor were preparing a five hundred million dollar bid to get Anthony Joshua to sign with Zufa Boxing coming up or, and to work with, maybe, I don't know, does it work with Eddie Hearn or take him from Eddie Hearn? I saw Eddie Hearn was, uh, who's obviously Anthony Joshua's promoter, the World Heavyweight Champion. He was interviewed by IFL TV there uh, the other day and he said he'd, he'd like to work with Dana White, but if Dana White was coming in and trying to take him, take Anthony Joshua from him, he'd have a fight on his hands or whatever. But a lot of people were kind of poo-pooing this straight away. When I heard it, I was like, Maybe you know this is if if they actually do want to make a splash with Zufa boxing, and if this is a real thing, this makes perfect sense. That the biggest star in world boxing probably at the moment, or you know the potential to be anyway, would kind of fly Mayweather stepping out and you know, Triple G and Canelo. That that was a, a great fight, but none, I wouldn't call either of them you know huge A side stars to be able to to pull big big numbers on their own. We are you know even going forward, I don't think they have that. Two million pay per view by possibility, and but if you're to get Joshua and Wilder and Dana White behind it and have that fight in Las Vegas, you know that could be one of them. So you know, what do you think? Do you, like, is this the big splash the UFC and Dana White and Endeavor are trying to make in the boxing world? I don't know. I, I don't really know to be honest much about about boxing behind the scenes and stuff. But uh, I'd say Eddie Hearn like has him under contract and stuff and it's going to have to be a co-promotion thing if, if they but do do it i think he's only like two two fights or something two two or three fights left and his promotion so they're talking about like next year maybe getting that mm. uh getting that going yeah i like i, I mean i saw uh quotes from joshua saying oh uh yeah i could do mma a fight's a fight all this stuff um would part of this if this let's just first uh, this is probably absolute bullshit this 500 million dollar figure or whatever but let's just say it's real <laughs> without him fighting mma like if they if he fought mma and boxing under under endeavor and zufa they could probably re reclaim that money but 
how many fights would how many boxing bouts would they have to put on huge boxing bouts would they have to put on to make that back who who could he even box like is tyson fury gonna come back who knows like he could at any moment do anything like he's crazy then you have the clitch goals are gone you have i don't know and i don't even know how good joshua even is i think he's got loads and loads of potential but i think he's very raw uh still um it, it, it would be a big risk if they were just trying to do a pure boxing i think but if, if they were going to put him in there if he was willing to go in there in mma and get his ass kicked then i think people would definitely be interested in like the freak show aspect would would sell massively but i just don't see it, any of it happening to be honest yeah i don't think he's going to fight in mma but if they sign him in boxing there's a lot of big fights here you know the deontay wilder fight is obviously huge tyson fury fight would be huge he's joseph barker coming up next weekend which we'll talk about in a second uh dillian white as well i know they fought before but dillian white's improved a lot since that had a, a huge win yeah. uh, at the weekend like, I'm, I'm a casual and i'm like hearing these names uh, like i don't know who they are like obviously i know tyson fury is and stuff but uh, like i don't think well if it's on vegas at 4 a.m is it like is it going to be big numbers on the pay-per-views and in, in Sky box office. Yeah, in the if, UK, it's Anthony, if it's Anthony Joshua, definitely. Maybe yeah, not Maryland. Like definitely. Parker or something who nobody's ever heard of. Like, yeah, but that's on uh, in Wales next week. But if it's no, Wilder, but you know, guys like that. Okay, Wilder people have heard of, uh, but like they're gonna need to get a good few bets out of them if they're gonna make money on five hundred million dollar investment. Yeah, and I'd say they will. But like, and then he's out there talking about oh, uh, MMA a fight to fight. So ah, uh, uh, that's they have to say that. we were talking about that last week. That's just fucking kayfabe. Like, it's a it, fight it, clearly isn't a fight if, no, if, if they're calling fight. boxing a fight. <laughs> it's completely different, obviously. The boxers have to say that though. Like, what what are they going to say? Oh no, I'm to be honest, to say it's 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 a completely different sport and. People like, are calling him the baddest man in the world. Like, come on! And we know you put him in there against any middleweight in the UFC, and he'd absolutely destroy him. Like, you know, Demetri Johnson to take him down, beat the shit out of him, probably. Like, come on, we—he can't—he can't say that. Like, you know, he has to say, "Oh yeah, fight to fight." I'd, I'd take them on, no problem. The, you know, like uh, Tyson Fury says, "No man ever born is fight as well as me." Like, could they not just say, "Oh, like if it was pure boxing, I'd destroy these guys," but without training and without years of thing, I, 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 I wouldn't fancy my chances on the ground or like you know that's just can they not just be realistic about it i don't think so not when you're dubbed the baddest man on the planet like when what can you what can you say i'm i'm not the baddest man on the planet you know if cpm watchers would fucking destroy me in about 10 seconds if i was to actually fight him in a real fight like yeah no i know they have this unique mindset and stuff but i don't know it just i don't know if they believe it like sometimes maybe joshua does because he's out there knocking out heavyweights and stuff but some of these other guys who are trying to come across it's like do you re you just want to pay day or do you really think you can win here i don't think they really think they, they can yeah have you any interest in this anthony joshua um joseph barker title unification boat next week <laughs> Seventy thousand um, people or whatever it is in the millennium stadium if nothing else is on them at home or <laughs> pub, but no, no <clears throat> i won't be going out of my way uh, I, I'm looking forward. I think it'll be a good fight. I think he'll he'll destroy Parker, but Parker's not bad. He hits relatively hard. He's fast. Seems to have a good bit of endurance and stuff. So yeah, the last guy he was meant to destroy and he, he struggled with. Ah, well. uh, but in fairness, that was that was on short notice. He was supposed to fight someone else, and your man pulled out, and he'd only like six or seven days or something. So, but he still did. So did So did Germando. But yeah, I suppose. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. Um, we'll run through a couple of these quickly Volkan versus Shogun was announced for a UFC Chile looking back at Shogun's record he's actually won like a good few in a row coming in here against Volkan Odzimir uh, who lost out obviously to Daniel Cormier if Shogun wins this Shogun could be in shout for the next <laughs> at 
Daniel Cormier, obviously Alexander Gustafsson is there as well. But after that, like you've Gustafsson, Ozdemir, Teixeira, uh, Latifi, Blahovic, Manoa, and then Shogun, who uh, he's not Stayed that far away. At the moment, yeah, fucking awful. Up. What do you think of that Volkan Shogun fight? It's, yeah, it's a good, it's a good fight, but uh, like I just I don't see that going well for Shogun. Uh, but you never know. Like Volkan, maybe the last fight might have got a bit, of, a bit of damage. Maybe his his self belief is is not as high as it was, but. Shogun just had so many injuries and problems over the years, and he's had so many fights. And he's 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 a bit shop worn, I think, from from all from all the minutes he spent in in the octagon and in the pride cage or the pride ring. So, uh, yeah, there's videos in in Muay Thai fights when he was 17 in a house getting knocked out. Um, so he's been he's taken a lot of damage over the years in that old school shooter box kind of beat the head off each other style of, of training. Yeah, uh, I think Uzdemir will, will, will catch him in the, the first round, probably put him, put him out. I agree. Uh, Amir Kani as well is fighting Hick Diaz, Jason Knight in Liverpool, which is a fantastic fight. I I think that's an absolutely br- that like that gets to the ground, and that's an insane fight. Even standing up as well. That's I I really really can't wait for that fight. I think it's a great fight to be on in uh, in Liverpool. You're gonna go to that card over in Liverpool? Yeah, I probably will actually. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So, what do you think of that one? Who do you think will win that? I, I don't know. I'm. I think Hick Diaz probably will, but like if Amir Kani can get the takedowns, he will be relentless with them. So, can he stop that takedown? Uh, Maybe actually. Yeah. I probably go Amir Kani there. Then he's, yeah. he's 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 relentless with his takedowns, and if he has a grappling advantage, he'll usually just kind of keep position and over submission and, and just win the rounds. Yeah. I'll take back my pick on that. I want to watch a bit more. I kind of you kind of forget American. He hasn't fought in so long, wouldn't you? So I'll go back and watch a bit of that before I give my official uh, pick on that one. Josh Barnett as well has been cleared of his drug uh, thing. I, I was reading kind a bit about this. Uh, it, he, well, he, was he wasn't fully cleared, was he? He couldn't prove he couldn't find the tainted supplement, but they ruled that he didn't take it intentionally or something. It was kind of weird yeah. ruling, wasn't it? Yeah, but he's. You know, I, I don't know. These drug things are weird. I've my stance has always kind of been maybe I'll get someone on the Patreon to talk about this more and Ian Kidd or Luke Thomas or someone. But my my take has always been that you have to catch someone fucking caught. I hate like this like the the whole Canelo thing. They they caught like little bits of uh whatever in, in his uh, what's his uh Clint Buterol, I think, in in his uh, in his sample. Like catch someone red handed like if someone eats a fucking chicken fillet and there's a bit of this shit in it and you're pulling them up for that that's bull- like you should have to catch someone red handed uh, uh, they need to up the amounts they're, you know, not, they're, not, they're not catching red handed though uh, Canelo no, I don't think so no there was only like bits in it and they, they let him off yeah, because of that like, but they, I don't know it looked to me like they were looking to let him off the whole time uh, yeah, they were. but I think with Canelo no actually I was reading about that it was actually like trace very trace amounts for Canelo Trace amounts of something that's illegal though, though. So he had something illegal in his Yeah, but it's found red handed. If like if that's not red handed, no. then what's red handed? Like? But it's found in meat all over the place. Like they found enough that could have been intended meat. It's Mexico. Where is it? Mexico and China, I think, are the places. Or I don't know. Mexico, anyway, is definitely one. And obviously, he's living in Mexico. And all. But sounds God. like a dick pills excuse to me. To be honest, could be. It could be. But uh, yeah, the kangaroo meat. Hashtag free Frank Mir. Yeah, horse meat. Um, drug free ulcer over him. Speaking about drugs, Mirko Krokop as well was announced to fight on <laughs> UFC. Uh, no, Bellator. Where's that Bellator card? Is it not in London? The Bellator 200, anyway, wherever it's yeah, on London, over in England. And, uh, obviously, he'd been banned by USADA, but now he's coming back and Bellator kind of letting him fight. And Mike Mazzuli as well. Uh, he was banned by USADA. But I think the, the thing around that is Mirko Krokop didn't actually fail a test. 
He just he admitted. He just admitted he had taken something because his shoulder was fucked up or something. Apparently, that is a failure, though. If you, it is, yeah. yeah. You saw that, but I can. I think that's the kind of the way the way they're getting around it because he never failed the test, or so the commissions hadn't banned him. It was just you saw abandoning him. So, God, I don't know. Yeah, like when you admit you take something like that. I can see where they're doing it, but it's still a bit dirty. Like, how long? Well, I, suppose it though, I suppose though, he could argue. He could ar- look at all these false confessions in in court cases and stuff. He could be like, ah, false confession, prove it wasn't. Yeah, but he isn't. I don't think. But this is this is just a weird. I don't know. Like these drug things, I can never get like a strong opinion on them. I don't know. I just. I don't know where to stand in them. Like, I really don't because it's. I don't want to go full Paul Kimmage, but I don't want to go full Luke Thomas either. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go in it. I'm because I think people who like those two lads, they just take a stance and they take their strong stance and they go totally on it. And I do that with some things, but with drugs, it's a tough one because, you know, some lads obviously are clean and they just get fucking caught with a dirty supplement or something. And that's bullshit. But then more lads are dirty as fuck and then they they get away because they have they find a supplement with you know less than fucking trt or something uh, and it's difficult to know where to stand but a guy like Crocop, where he admitted it and it was for a shoulder injury and he was talking about retiring on and he you know i made retirements but i think i'm okay with it but i'm not really because it's still dirty so i don't know just don't yeah, well you saw the 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 saw the program is a ufc program that they're running so i can see from bellator's perspective where they're like yeah that's something to do with us yeah, hundred percent. Another fight as well announced is Santiago. Is it? I always get his name wrong. Is it Santiago Pantanibio? Or yeah, yeah. He's fighting Camaro Usman. Usman in Chile. Takes more. Well. Uh, Niall McGrath was really struggling with his name last week on the Talking Brawls podcast. I got him. PT was taking the piss out of him. Actually, I actually recorded a little uh, segment of it. I'll play for you. It's fucking okay. Amazing. Here, go. Hopefully, I played the right one. So uh, don't play it. <laughs> it could be. It could be major fun. <laughs> as a as plays, uh, 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 like a bitchy message about fucking someone else. Go on, do you have it? Can you just talk away there while I mute this. Right? Yeah, it's a good fight anyway. Ponzi against Usman. I think Usman is a dangerous, dangerous guy for any of them, but I think Ponzi is actually a tough enough fight for him. Although Ponzi's, I remember watching him going into the Gunnar Nelson fight and thinking maybe his takedown defense wasn't the best in the world, but he comes out fast and hard. But I do think Usman will probably take him down and win that fight. Uh, but I'm losing no joke. This is a top, 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 top class welterweight fight. And we, we have another welterweight fight to talk about in a second after Graham Place's fight message. You have it ready? Yeah. One. Is that it? Did you ever hear him trying to say Duke and Wild? PT deadpan, I'm like, sorry, what was that? Who's that? Who are you trying to say? <laughs> oh, oh pieces great man great man great man uh this is the one where i suppose we can spend another few minutes on colby covington versus rafael dos anjos has been denounced for the interim welterweight title here's my take on this Yay, one I, interim good i'm i've no problem at all with this what that's like, for everybody people say oh tyron woodley no wonder tyron woodley's pissed off with the ufc when they do this to him what are they doing to him tyron woodley's still the champion when he comes back he'll still be fighting for his belt He'll, and he'll probably have a bigger fight, relatively. It's not going to be that big either way because it's going to be a unification bout, which is all bullshit, fairy tales, shite. Like, this is a number one contender fight, and they're just giving him a belt so that it makes it an actual number one contender fight so they can fight Tyron Woodley for the real belt. I don't I don't understand what's wrong with this. Like, it, it's it's all fairy tales. If you're getting mad 
at these interim belts, you should be getting mad at the real belts as well, because they're all on these shiny things, like birds got into a fucking nest, you know, and just uh, <laughs> bringing on little bits of necklace and little bits of tin and stuff into their nest, so everyone will be attracted to it. It's just bullshit, like, what? A, I don't understand why people are getting mad about this. I, I well, a lot of people do put a lot of stock behind the belts, and it does, yeah, like, them. it does when all these, like, when everybody just given a belt, you know, and the belts and divisions that don't even exist and stuff, you know, it's just ridiculous, like, it is ridiculous, but uh, like I've known that this is situation and that it's a prize fighting for for years that like people are kind of purists and they want it to be like a real league system and all this stuff, but it never was and it never will be. And people need to get their head around that. I tweeted at the start of the year that I'm going to be more concerned with good fights than anything else, than belts, than all this bullshit. And I think if everyone else was like that as well, I think they'd be a lot happier than themselves. Colby Covington versus Rafael Dos Anjos isn't. You know, it's not the best fight in the world, but it's a good, welterweight fight. You know, like uh, like Ponzinibbio versus Usman, two very good fights. You know, Wonderboy versus Till looks like it's going to happen as well. I don't know that official yet, but there's three very good welterweight fights there. Maybe it was last week or the week before we talked about nobody fighting in that division, no fights added up. But these are good, good fights, and we'll see what Colby Covington is made of in this against Rafael Desanos because Rafael Desanos is good takedown defense. You know, uh, good jujitsu even if it goes there. Strong knockout power. We saw Colby's hands were absolutely awful in his last fight. Damian might even had a bit of success against him, a guy who can't fucking strike at all. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, but like, I, I people should be more concerned. I think with just good fights rather than belts and shite. Yeah, I think I don't. I don't know if this is the best fight. It's kind of you hinted at either. Uh, I think Ordia is going to win that pretty handily. Um, do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Why? Uh, I just. I just think, as you mentioned, how bad Cody's striking is, and uh, if he can, if he can put people on their back and grind them out, and they're uncomfortable there. Yeah, I. I, I just. I just see. Ordia being able to create scrambles or a reversal or take him down himself, and on on the feet, he's going to be way better. So I, I just. I'd be I'd be surprised if, if Covington has much success in this fight. Yeah, maybe. I, I think Covington over five rounds, maybe Covington can take him down and uh and get it get a few takedowns, lay on top of him for a few rounds, maybe win the decision. But the only person who've done that to to RDA since this, since maybe four or five fights into the UFC is Habib and he's been fighting top level guys, guys with much more, more well rounded games than, than Covington, I think. Yeah, but Covington is a big guy as well, a lot bigger than Habib, you know. RDA, we, we, okay, he's looked great since he's come up from lightweight to welterweight, but still, I think that size might catch up with him uh, a little bit. But I'd probably pick RDA as well. But I, I, I wouldn't rule Colby out, you know, five rounds. Uh, RDA, yeah. the way I he think fights as well. Suits RDA, he can just go forever. Uh, he can just keep him yeah. he, he can, in fairness, yeah. Poor Tony Pettis hasn't been the same since then. Yeah, but, uh, had his whole career shattered. <laughs> well, his whole face and he never his looked life. the same. It's all life. Um, the Wheaties box. The course of the Wheaties box. Right. What was the? Oh yeah, two more things here before we get into the questions. The spine jump chap. What's his name? Drew Chapman, I believe, in LFA. If anyone didn't see this, it was it was a crazy fight over an LFA. One guy was on his back, just Drew Chapman, dude, and whoever he was fighting was going down to get into guard and as he went down he smashed his own face off of drew's knees on the ground knocked himself out and drew kind of punched him as well once in the face which kind of helped but he was already knocked out so your man was lying face down on the ground then drew stood up stood on your man's back and did like a swanton bomb kevin owen style backflip 
Kevin Steen, sorry, and uh, and landed on his feet. Just it was it was. I'm not gonna lie, it was a bit funny, but it was also, you know, pretty. You know, it was it was a dickheadish thing to do, yeah. pretty disgraceful. But what, what do you think about it? Yeah, you can't be doing that. Uh, there must have been some. I don't know. Maybe there was some kind of bad blood before or, or during the fight or something. But it was a strange thing to do. You think when when you've just won, when you were you were losing a fight, and then you just won kind of luckily that you'd be ecstatic and he did a fucking forward flip or whatever but he stood in your hand before he did it and did it off his back which is just really odd more than anything i saw people being like oh he should be banned forever and stuff right but i don't see that like but he definitely he definitely shouldn't have done that it's uh very disrespectful and martial arts it's kind of uh that kind of stuff is very frowned upon you obviously when a guy's knocked out you don't fucking stand on his back and jump off him like it's very strange but uh i see i can see him getting a little bit of a ban but i, I don't think it'll be it'll be years yeah he talked to mark Ramondi over there on him and finding i just oh, actually I read a few minutes ago but i think 90 days they're giving him or something and i wasn't sure if, i'm not sure if that's 100 because I, I was as we were kind of coming to this and uh taking away his money as well and he was very uh contrite about it and seems to be very apologetic and you know it was his first pro fight i believe and he kind of just lost the head so look it was a bad thing to do give him a fine your man who who he knocked out should get the money rather than the, the athletic commission i think commission <laughs> uh, won't be having that what do you think no they won't be having that yeah but look disgraceful but not to the end of the world get over it, lads fuck's sake come on yeah. if, if your man if your man does get get if the guy who lost does get the money i'd say he's probably that was worth it yeah I yeah. let somebody jump off my back while I was unconscious for 20 grand or whatever. Ah, uh, he's not a 20. LFA is probably fucking 500 quid or something. Oh, yeah, whatever. The, ne <laughs> the next time I have five pints uh, and, and fucking fall on my uh, face, anyone can jump off me, no problem. Right, the no, last thing... As long as they pay me, yeah. Pay me money, man. To try to make it better. Last thing, and maybe the most exciting thing before... And maybe you something else as well that I forgot. Gary Tonin made his uh, MMA debut over on 1FC and I'm going to continue to call it 1FC forever because fuck you uh, it looked absolutely fantastic got the, was it the third, second or third second. round, he got a second round TKO, very very impressive, Looked actually looked good on the feet, a few people have said to me he's striking look great, it, it wasn't unbelievable but he looked good, he's, he moved his head well landed a few shots uh, obviously Jiu Jitsu when it got to the round was unbelievable but I was most impressed with his takedowns got one smashing double leg got another trip from the cage which looked good and when you're a Jiu Jitsu guy okay your hands are definitely an issue you know and but the biggest issue for jiu-jitsu guys is getting takedowns. We even see it with Gunnar Nelson a little bit. You know, when he struggles to get takedowns, his striking is good as well. But sometimes it can you know, take away what he's absolutely great at. But Gary Tonin looks like he has the, the, the takedowns on lock already. And his first pro fight, obviously, there's definitely things to improve on. But that trip especially and that double leg, very, very, very impressive. I couldn't have been more impressed with Gary Tonin uh, coming out here. Yeah, he looked really good. He looked like he wasn't just a jiu-jitsu guy, as, you, as you're saying. Um, although the guy he was fighting had a negative record going, or did he? He had a, a even record. I don't know. Like, I don't even know. Who he is three and three, or four and four, or something. So maybe the the guy is is decent, or maybe he's crap. But it's definitely, um, you know, Gary Tonin. He's he's very decorated uh, jiu-jitsu player. Maybe maybe people over the years that have been in a situation that he's been in coming over from from high level BJJ to MMA, they've just been about the ground game and they're desperate to get it there. And if they don't get it there, they're kind of out of ideas. But he looks to to have put a lot of effort into his all-round game. 
and it, it looks like obviously one fight in against a guy who, who nobody's ever heard of. It's it's hard to tell, but he looks as if he he he's one to watch. And I, I think maybe he gets to four or five and oh, then then we'll, we'll see him step up against somebody really somebody name named guy we know with a lot of fights, and we'll really find out. But very promising start from. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Anything else there you have that I forgot that we need to get um, to for the questions? Well, Paul Harris is fighting at the weekend. Yeah. Against an undefeated guy. Uh, I'm going to butcher this null style, but Harris Harev, Harris Rev. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some guy so, anyway for the vacant interim title. So Paul Harris. Hopefully they'll be able to. If he does get any kind of submission, they'll be able to pry him off the the <laughs> leg or the the neck of somebody. What's that? After the leg amputated. Where is he now? ACB is it? Uh, Fight Nights Global. Fight Nights Global. Ah, oh, the Russians. Fair play to you, boys. Yeah, off to Moscow with them. Uh, legend. Uh, I, I, at least it'll give me an opportunity to tweet out that exceptional Grabaka Hitman video uh, of um, me and Mech knocking him out. You know, he puts it to yeah, the, you're yeah. the best. All right, that was exceptional. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to some of the questions here before we get to them. Shout out to a couple of our uh, new Patreon signer uppers, uh, McConnell Ocean. I can't say it, but you know who you are. Fair play to you. Sign up, Jer Sheehan. Uh, Will Roach signed up. Fair play to you, Will Roach. Andy Storen, Matthew Joyce. If I forgot any few last week, hold on, let me see if I can find them. Lee, Shane Whelan, Kieran Stapleton. Shoot, that's a soup lad, I believe. Hard Jimmy, uh, Kean, fair play to Kean, Bobby Costigan, I believe, is there. Uh, Mark Bork, fair play to Mark Blake Henderson, Darren Donahue, uh, Mark Ashbridge, Alan Harper, fair play to Alan Barry, uh, Shane Saunders, Harry Paul, Kean, Ross. Eamon, Legends, all of you. Thanks very much for signing up. What are we at now? 70, yeah, go on. Yeah, I think there's five of the the big posters from the movie premiere, the notorious movie premiere left. So if if people want to to donate twenty dollars and get that, uh, get that and all the all the other extras on on Patreon, you gotta be quick because when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, and you'll be sending out them out the first of the month as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. So you should be expecting them when the next day is or next two weeks or so. But if as well, if you sign up for the twenty dollar one now. If you sign up for it in the next couple of days, you'll have an opportunity to get in a 15-minute segment before the end of the month, and then you'll have another one once the first of the month starts. So you can have two 15-minute segments in the space of about a week here. So if you sign up for that in the next, uh, what is it, five or six days, you will have uh, you'll have the opportunity to do that. So patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. Sign up there, and we appreciate the support and help. We're at 75 at the moment, so we're trying to get to 100 anyway. That's our first goal, so... If you're listening to this, you enjoy the podcast, uh, sign up there and you'll hear more stuff. As I said, interview up with Artem Lobov, Pizzi Carl, I spoke to him as well last week. Uh, there's a few rewatches there and I'll be doing uh, more questions over there as well during the week. Uh, this week, if you have any more questions actually after this podcast, put them. if you're on Patreon, put them under this or just tweet at severemmapod, severemmapodcast yeah. at gmail.com all week long and I'll do a video and throw it up over there. There's also, uh, we talked before the Man United Liverpool game with Ken Early from uh, Second Captains and Irish Times. We talked about Jose Mourinho and we did we did a reaction to the Liverpool Man United result myself and Sean did and we did a reaction to uh, the mighty Sevilla in knocking Manchester United out of the only tournament that counts so uh, all that stuff 
Great stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have Phil O'Connor on as well this week, I believe, if I can get around him. And we're going to have the UK MMA show, I believe, this week as well with Steve. So if you're actually if any UK MMA fans out there, send us in a few questions. Uh, probably uh, severemailpodcast at, at gmail.com. Email would be the best place to send them, and we'll answer them uh, on that as well. So uh, over, over the next co- couple of weeks, they're going to come in. I'm getting Potter on as well to talk about WrestleMania. So there's lots of stuff coming. Potter. Yeah, great man. Martina, weirdo journalist. Let, yeah, it's a fact. That is a fact. All right, let's get into the questions. So we've kept you talking shit long enough. From our Patreon, Simon Darty, do you think X fighters will ever become judges? Could it happen? Uh, that one guy in in New York, uh, what's his name? Almeida. Ricardo Almeida. Ricardo Almeida did it. Uh, yeah, I suppose in Ireland there seems to be a few few lads that have a few fights. I don't know. Is Richard judge? Did he he did refereeing anyway? But he, he was. I think he was meant to judge at that uh, Bushido card, but then he ended up the ref didn't turn up, so he ended up being the ref or something ridiculous like that. All right. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think it, it is. You know, especially in kind of local MMA more than big MMA. But I, I definitely think it's possible. It's Frank Trigg now as well is doing refereeing. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it is possible, and they probably should do it, although it doesn't pay that much. Maybe they, they can get more doing seminars and stuff, but maybe, you know, they can do, like, a Joe Rogan and yeah. have their fucking seminar there, like, he's in a comedy thing. They can have their seminar the day before as they travel around. There's just not that much money in it, I suppose, to be a judge. Like, if you're... You'd be better off teaching classes or doing one-on-ones or having your own gym. I suppose there is a lot of... There is a lot of judges who are ex-fighters in, in Ireland, like, people who are judging, judging fights like Andy Ryan and stuff like that. Like, they would have fought, but our coaches now um but yeah no, no like really high profile fighters maybe ricardo almeida is probably the, the most high profile judge but he he haven't seen him around in ages either yeah andy stevenson asked as well over on patreon what's your dream debut matchup for nathaniel wood in the ufc i saw a few people as well saying i'm i'm duke and what how about duke and what and wood in, in the ufc two prospects oh yeah, yeah. tough tough debut as well for for wood it is yeah but like it depends how much you want to push him up. Eddie like, Wineland, somebody like that, somebody who's a bit yeah. shop warm but has a bit of a name and it will, will stand with you. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad fight. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, Dalton Sticky asks about, I did the Anthony Pettis uh, rewatch thing and he asked him, he asked a couple of questions, but the main one is, does he need to, to change gym or, you know, what can he do to, to get back to what he was or does he need to change? Like we talked about it before that, you know, his head movement and stuff is always an issue and just his footwork and, and not moving, not moving brilliantly around. But I've come to the thinking over the last while that he's tr- been trying to do that and he just can't do it. And he needs to either go back to where he's a sharpshooter. And I spoke about that a lot in the rewatch where he's just a sharpshooter in the pocket, hitting hard. Uh, and, and then wrestling and jiu-jitsu after that because i don't think he can be this wild elusive striker on the outside he needs to be a wild striker but on the inside close in and take those big moments so i i don't think anything is going to help him unless he just goes back to that i don't think he'll ever be a top elite fighter ever again i think he's lost the, the kind of the fearlessness it takes to throw all these mad cartwheel knees and cartwheel kicks and jumping jumping off the cage and all this or showtime kicks and all these mad stuff that he used to be doing since he took been taken down repeatedly and beaten up by people like uh, Alvarez and uh, RDA and stuff like that, he just hasn't. It's just hard to be the same guy. It's hard to take them chances when you know that if they take you down, they're probably going to hold you down there for the rest of the round, and beat you up. And okay, he's good on the ground at submissions, but I think people know that now, so they're they're wary and they're they're not going to posture up too much and land strikes. They're happy enough to just grind them out and frustrate them. And the blueprint is there, so. It, 
I don't think he'll ever get back to the top level as you say but I think it's probably a motivation thing as well like he's already been at the top and when you're young and hungry coming up and you're not even in the UFC you're in WEC you're trying to get to the UFC you're trying to get that respect you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to like fulfill the dream of being the UFC champion and then it happens and maybe it's hard to have that same fire under you to go back and do it again yeah, 100%. Uh, Jason, he asked the question there. We, we answered, but Nathaniel Wood and, jo- and uh, Josh Reed. I'll actually answer that over in the video. We'll spend a bit more time in it uh, over there. Um, next question is from Fantasy underscore Flames. He asks to break down what you think Till's opponent for Liverpool will be. I think we probably both agree that would be Wonderboy. And then he says, what about rumours of McGregor against Woodley? We've talked about that in the podcast before. I don't think that's a great fight for McGregor, is it? He's just too big, too strong, hits too hard. to probably take him down bit too big isn't it i don't know i don't know um ah, you fucking chill that's you're just a mcgregor fucking no i don't know like, <clears throat> is woodley like is woodley actually like taking people down repeatedly ever like i don't, don't know if that's his game he kind of has that reputation but he's he's willing to strike at people i think i don't know if he would with, with mcgregor but if he if he was to try and strike at mcgregor i'd say it, would, it wouldn't be good news for him but i don't think he is that kind of i don't think he's the worst style matchup for mcgregor at that weight division anyway I, I think he, I think he's horrendous style matchup for him. I think he's a really good wrestler. I think he'd take him down. I think he hits very hard as well. Somebody who's but, just relentless with the takedowns, though. I don't think like Habib is relentless with the takedowns. I don't think uh, Woodley is. I think Habib is a tougher matchup than 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 Woodley. And obviously, the size then comes into it though with Woodley. And if he does get on top, it's going to be very difficult to get out. But the same goes for Habib as well. So. Um, I don't think it's like I, I, I'd probably have uh, Woodley as a favorite, but I don't think it would be it's a foregone conclusion or anything. Yeah, uh, Mr. Podge uh, asks about uh, Frank Edgar and seven weeks after a 36 year old got knocked out. Do you think it's it's bad time, Frankie? I, I think 100% it's definitely yeah. a bad time. And he also asked, Do you think if they called them number one contender belts instead of Interim belts would it be better? I don't think it makes any difference. I think people just. I think it's. I think it, it works because if they just call them number one contender belts, I don't think the casuals would be into it as much. I think they just see the belt on the shoulder. If it was a real belt as well, I don't know. The belts are just not real. Like, yeah. who cares? Hundred percent. Put on the best um, fight, and like that's all I care about. Craig Murphy asked Volkov, "How does he fare against Majocic or Ingano?" Uh, I think they both beat him pretty handily. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jonathan Hill Dunt ketchup in the fridge or in the cupboard. Not a fridge, but the fridge, obviously. I, I agree. I agree. 100% fridge. Chocolate, chocolate in the fridge as well, obviously. Chocolate? Yeah, I don't really eat chocolate. But Daniel Bradley asks over on Facebook, and that Jonathan Hill one was on Facebook as well. What three, well, we'll go one. British Irish fighter is most likely to become a UFC champion for the first time in the next five years. British and Irish, Marty Casey is the first one that comes to my mind, but who else? Over I know him. he's lost a couple. <laughs> over, over him. him. <laughs> uh, Conor McGregor. If, oh. Is he stripped? No, he's not stripped yet. He's already champ. Overeem's most oh, likely, I'd say. He said for the first time. Um, Overeem hasn't been champ, has he? No, he hasn't, no. Well, I I said, sorry, I said McGregor. I, th- I think I might have bro- broken up there a bit. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um, ben Cartledge asks, given that uh, the rate of expansion of one season after the Big Bang had been smaller by even one part in 100,000 million million, it would have re- collapsed before it reached its present size. What is your favorite toasted bread product? Toasted bread product? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, like, they, if you, they toast the bread on, the, on a burger, does that count? I suppose it does. Yeah, I like them. Do you know you can get them like 96 calorie burger buns in, uh, in Tesco now? They're delicious toasted. So I go with one of them. Mm, yeah, I, yeah. Um, hmm. 
Paninis are very good as well, though. Mm, they are nice. They are nice. Yeah, a bit of toast, just a bit of toasted, toasted cheese sandwich, I suppose. It's I don't like batch, cheese batch bread. Food, batch bread, obviously, you go for that if you're going sliced bread. There you go. There you go. Uh, who am I going to next? Gavin Springett asks, oh, "How long should you?" He basically asks, "How long should you wait before putting an interim title up?" Um, I think it depends I, on the situation. Yeah. Um, like, if the champion's just injured for a couple of years, like Dominic Cruz, I, I can understand it then, but. <laughs> These interim belts just coming out everywhere at the moment is, is like if, if if there was any doubt in people's mind that these belts don't really mean that much, then I, I, I don't know how much clearer UFC and Endeavor can make it. Yeah, Flyers MMA asks about why don't the MMA Journalists Association bring out their own rankings? I just think because it's involved in matchmaking and all, and the MMA journalists have no should have no part in that. And anyone who does those rankings, I think, is is, is a disgrace because this, uh, Ariel always kind of says, it, and I agree with him. The second they moved Nate Diaz out of him when they were you know renegotiating his contract, that was the end of it being any well. Um, uh, uh, well, if you just look, if you just look at the individual, if you look at the at the top of the thing, it says voting panelists overall rankings. You click on like let's say a random guy here. Most of them, like I'm not gonna say who this is, just whatever. It doesn't really matter. But say it, know, name him, fucking you know, name him. You know, some of the some of the rankings are just atrocious. Like you know, you just look at these guys and the. They just they don't seem to know that like okay say say this is a Swedish guy voting on things he's gonna have like Swedish guys like way too high and Brazilians are notorious for it if there's a Brazilian journalist he's gonna have he's gonna have them all ranked one to fifteen a pound for pound like it's just mm-hmm. there's, there's no like filter these guys just enter whatever rankings they want and like I haven't even heard of any of these guys have I yeah. um, I've heard of Jeff Kane from MMA uh, Weekly I haven't heard of anybody else under yeah. or I've heard of uh, Andreas Hale as well. Mm. But vaguely, like you know, who are these people? What like, <laughs> like, like, like that? Okay, I've heard of them too. But the rest of them, I haven't heard of them at all. I, I don't see them in the game. I don't know. I don't know what their knowledge of MMA is. Are they just looking at other people's rankings and changing a couple around? Like, it, it's not very scientific. These rankings and they're, they're not very correct. How dare you say anything bad about uh, Mike O'Malley from Minnesota one hundred six four? The fan. How dare you? How fucking dare you? Right, let's I mean, run through. I think that's the lower standard of uh, outlet that are actually uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be selling it a bit too much. Let's run through another few of these. Vinnie Cole asks about getting Neil Siri on the Patreon. Uh, we were talking about that the other yeah, day. Funny, yeah. maybe we maybe we we haven't talked about it Neil yet, but hopefully, come on, you might come on and answer a few questions with me one of the days or something. Sure, I'll just ring him up and not tell him I'm, I'm recording it and just yeah, exactly. Get me talking about it. Dan Stritch asks about a few fights for the Bama card. Who do you think might be on that Bama card in Dublin coming up in in May? Obviously, maybe Kiefer Crosby might be on it. Yeah, Key, all the usual Cowley. suspects that have been on the last few. Um, Reds are Norman Park, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure what Norman's crack is. Uh, he was meant to fight on, what was it, Golden Ticket Promotions, wasn't he? And now he's fighting on KSW, what is it, KSW 83. So I don't know if that's going to line up if, or, or if he has a, a one fight deal with them or, or what the situation is. So. But I'd, I'd say if he, as long as they're fit, I'd say you see people like Kiefer and uh, um, let me just have a look here. It's uh, the 14th of April that he's fighting. <clears throat> Norman Park's fighting in KSW. So yeah, yeah. he could he could do the yeah, turnaround yeah. If, if depending on what his deal is with KSW and and depending on what what Bama offer him. Mm-hmm. Reds uh, as well. Yeah, I see Reds are probably maybe headline that card. 
Mm -hmm. A few lads here, yeah, definitely. A few lads here ask about, uh, we'll say CD, Ken Allen, Simon Darty, Nakil Lea, Nate, where's your QA? I forgot about it. Ask about next, what's next for Nathaniel Wood? Is uh, and most of them kind of say, is UFC Liverpool too quick for him to get on it? I don't know if he, he will straight away. I think he's ready for the UFC and good enough, but it is only what four fights since Alan Philpa. Maybe he could do one more fight in Cage Warriors before he moves under. I don't think there's any rush. Yeah, I don't think there's any rush at all. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a bit too soon. Um, although, if if he was offered to fight right now in the next like week, week or two, and he was signed and offered to fight, he, it, it'd probably be all right. But if it goes on any longer, like I wouldn't, if I was him, I wouldn't want to come in on kind of half short notice or short notice. I'd want to run a full camp for my UC debut. He only fought 50 seconds at the weekend anyway, so that should tell. Perry Powell asks, where would you rank the European promotions in terms of size, production value, and fights? Bama, Cage Warriors, KSW, ACB. It's it's actually tough, because I suppose a few years ago, Cage Warriors would have been head and shoulders above all of them. Now you have KSW put on, what did they put on, 58,000 people in, 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 in the stadium. That's for that that's alone. A, that's a record for MMA. That's higher than the Ronda Rousey Australia uh, stadium. Yeah, that was 54, and this is 58, so... Well, you'd have to put them number one then, I suppose. Then, uh, ACB the, money, the money they're offering the KSW yeah. as well is another part of why they'd be, they'd be up there. And the production is unbelievable. I, I'd nearly put Cage Warrior second after that because their production and they always have a, you know, they've Dan Hardy as well and very good commentary. Bama's current commentary is fucking I wonder about ACB though. I've actually never been to an ACB, so yeah, maybe. I think they have good money as well. Like I think, like they're all good. Like we're we're lucky in Europe here. We four very very good guys, yeah. ones like that. You know, in fairness, so fair play. Yeah, it's kind of dried up in Ireland, but it's exploded in in Europe. I think Cage Legacy are doing pretty good in fairness. No, I know, but they're it's kind of starting to come back now. But like for a few years there, like you know, we used to have like Cage Warriors guaranteed three or four events a year here. We used to have Cage Contender two or three events a year, and then you'd have like you know a couple of couple of random man of, man of wars battle zones. I haven't had a battle zone in a while. Um, there used to be more shows, but obviously it's more expensive now after the the new regulations and brought in by the IMMA, AA, IMMAA. I don't remember like. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it just makes it more expensive, and but uh, people like KSW, maybe they won't be coming back to Ireland as quick because of the all the problems with safe MMA and the the brain scans and all that stuff and fights having to be pulled last minute and the James McSweeney fight having to be changed to Jay Silva against Putinowski. So maybe maybe they'll just say, oh, we're better off just doing it in the UK or in, or in mainland Europe. Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, next question is from Kevin Run KJC. Uh, he asked, when is Sean uh, going to start training BJJ? Uh, never. There you go. That's the answer for that one. Johnny yeah, Byrne asked... Coming, yeah, exactly. Coming, coming up on three years since you said I've been a board of the UFC. He asked for a top five. We'll give, we'll give one. Who's looked the worst uh, since you said has come in? But Johnny Hendricks would have to be up there. And maybe it's, and I'm not connecting that to you, Sad. But I'll, I'll draw Vitor Belfort would have to be the, the winner. Yeah, one. Vitor. He went from a monster to like an old man. Yeah. Patrick asks about they did a top 10 list, I think, of the best for maybe more of the I didn't even see it of the top UFC fights ever. And McGregor Diaz 2 won, won it. And McGregor Diaz 1 came second. And he asks, What would your top 10 be? We won't give a top 10. What do you think is the best fight ever in UFC history? Oh, fuck. Um, best fight in UFC history. Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I, I, maybe Robbie Lawler um, and Rory McDonald. 
really. Uh, I, nah, I actually, think... no, there's better ones than that, though. Yeah, that one's just such a war, though. But um, yeah, um, there's three always stick out to me, and they're Sanchez Melendez. Although a lot of people said uh, I was very one sided, but they're just the excitement of that alone, the, the barbarity of it. I fucking loved it. Uh, I think Jones Gustafson is the best fight in UFC history. Ooh, that was very uh, good. You know Frank what was actually Tree, really Frank good Trick Matthews too. An underrated yeah. massive uh roller coaster of a fight was, was Mendez McGregor. That was yeah, like, that was people fight. in the crowd, like I've never seen people react like that in the crowd. There was a guy beside me freaking out like he was he's about to cry, I had to calm him down. Uh <laughs> like people were just losing their minds. And it's kind of like yeah. a special yeah. special uh atmosphere in, in that arena, but but Maybe like Nick Diaz and Daly, it was it was only one round, but that was an unbelievable fight as well. And uh, Nick Diaz first. and Robbie Lawler as well was a ridiculous fight years and years ago when when Nick Diaz was about nineteen or something. Um, yeah, Diaz Daly was in strike force, but what about Shogun Henderson was, as well? That was a great fight. Yeah, yeah, that was a great fight. Um, mm, the 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 I know it was Usada or the drug test in the end, but Mark Hunter and Bigfoot was pretty fucking good as well. Yeah. Yeah, lots of great fights. Patrick also asked there about if Habib or Tony was still out injured in the next few days, would the UFC refuse Connor because they wouldn't have enough time to promote it? I think a few two weeks they might not. And Connor tweeted, "Stay ready," didn't it the, uh, the other day as well. So maybe, but we'd Artem on, and Artem was a hundred percent that Connor was in the gym and gone in and uh, gone into to fight Frank Giger at that time. So I'm sure he'd do it again. But would the UFC do it? I'm not so sure. I think they want him to promote it. They want it to be huge. But yeah, I don't think they probably would. Um, I thought you'd never know. It, yeah, Connor would want it. I'd say. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a tough one. I'm I'm surprised they didn't do the the, the Egger the Egger thing. If um, to be honest. Yeah, uh, Andy Cohen asks right now is regional MMA more interesting than the UFC? No, it's not Andy. Sorry about that. No, but it's still, <laughs> still, still like our, uh, regional MMA is brilliant. I love it, regional MMA, but the standard the standard is great and it's improving all the time. But the standard at the top level of the UFC is just is just way better. Um, like that's, that's Manix, my opinion, like in my opinion, the the best fights to watch are the the most skilled guys. Like yeah, obviously, Manix, like great back and forth wars and stuff that, like you know, Lena Garcia fights that are that are great fun to watch. But I prefer like a Demetrius Johnson fight with a bit of technique. Yeah, uh, Manix asked if everyone was the same size in the UFC, who'd be the a crack. <laughs> <laughs> Demetrius Johnson is the answer to that question. Kieran Gannard thought Carragher over on um, Facebook. Thoughts on Habib saying he won't defend against Connor if he beats Tony. Absolute bullshit. He'll fight Connor. Paul Brown, what's the jizz of the UFC thinking putting Frank Yeager into a fight next month? Absolute bullshit. There you go. Yeah, Any other questions? Uh, the um, slump in Irish MMA at the moment. Father Peter asks, yeah, there is Connor off a potential. It's kind of caught on the way out of it, but like it's like it's, it's going to be very hard to get back to the heights of, of what it was. Uh, yeah. With, with you know everybody winning and dramatic circumstances in Dublin and then Connor being on the top of the card like that those days are very unlikely to return but that's that's the high point I wouldn't say uh, like I, I wouldn't be worried for Irish MMA anyway but it's definitely not as, as big as it was yeah and the last one here Simon O'Keefe asks about uh, UFC in Liverpool and the timing I don't think it's going to be in the middle of the night to be honest I think it'll probably be on no, today. alright that's it thanks to everybody for listening patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast if you want to support the podcast and enjoy listening to us you can give us uh, five dollars a month and you can get all that huge brilliant up to ten hours of content with this podcast included a month so there you go Graham anything to add um well i just gonna patreon is p-a-t 
or E O N. Are they, are you, do you think these people are fucking idiots or what is it? Like, oh, yes, okay. yes, I do. I did. Okay. First, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're sound cunts, you'll sign up over there, right? That's it. Thanks everyone for listening. Here comes the inspirational quote of the week Management is doing things right, leadership is doing the right things. We'll see you next Tuesday or probably Sunday, maybe.